Good morning, church. Uh, The reading today is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And this passage may be found on page 1094 in the Pew Bibles. 1094. This short passage is headed, The Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And may the Lord bless richly this reading of his word. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. morning church it's lovely to be with you a question to start with are you normal there's there's a good question isn't it? are you normal and what is normal it's it's a hard question isn't it it's something we've been asking ourselves during uh, the covid pandemic when people have been talking about things like the new normal and what is normal anyway and it made me think the other week uh, i was at my usual table tennis club and there was a, a new member there who'd just discovered that i was a vicar and he sort of looked at me again after the others had told him, oh, Mark's a vicar. And then he came up to me and said, are you a vicar? I said, yes. He said, but, but he said, but you're normal. Um, so I, I'm not sure what he thought, whether vicars aren't supposed to play table tennis or, or whatever, but it, it's all, isn't it? Can you be a vicar and be normal? I, I'm not sure about that. What about church? What's normal for church? What does a normal church look like? Uh, we've had that lovely passage read in Acts 2, and we're going to be following that if you are, keep your Bibles open or keep that passage open on your phone. We're going to be looking particularly at verses 42 and 47, the first and the last verses that we've had, as we think about what was the normal life of the early church, and what should our normal life be here as a church here in St. Michael's. Um, when we read about the Acts of the Apostles, it all sounds so exciting, one exciting miracle after another and so many exciting uh, events. But what was daily life actually like for the church there? What did they do? Or what did they dedicate themselves to? And the passage we've had read is often used as an example of this is what the church should be like. Um, But actually, this little passage here refers to something that's a temporary situation, not sustainable. 
A couple of things that show this. It says here that the, the disciples had and the church had everything in common. Uh, this wasn't the case for the rest of Acts, as, as you read on, and Paul had to write and ask for appeals for money, for example, for special events and things like that. Uh, there were lots of visitors in town for Pentecost. It's odd to put this passage into context today because this happens, of course, just after Pentecost. We're in our church year uh, the week before Pentecost, so this is a bit strange. But this is what was happening. That's the context of the situation. Lots of visitors in town and the church were helping out and sharing things out. And it said as well, every day they met in the temple and in their homes. As time went on, obviously, they would need to go out to work and go and uh, spend time with their families and travel like the rest of us. So what we've got is a bit of a temporary situation. But we see the glimpse here of the excitement of Pentecost, the energising impact of the Holy Spirit on that early church and on the mission of that church. And their attitude, we see, shines through here every day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts, breaking bread, eating together. Uh, Gordon Keddy tells the story of a young Christian who came up and asked him after a service, Pastor, he said, do we have to go to church twice on a Sunday? It doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible, does it? Uh, the pastor responded, well, no, you don't have to. If you prefer to follow the example in the Bible, uh, I'll see you on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday every morning here. And that's what they've got. But this is a great passage here to draw out some marks that we should seek to emulate here in St. Michael's. Four marks of the church that we need to look at and one mark uh, as a result of the first four. So we're going to look at them together. But before we do, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the example contained in this passage this morning. And we pray as we unpack it now that you will speak to us, you will challenge us, and you will change us by the power of your spirit. Amen. So here we go. Uh, Four marks of those early Christians. Faith, fellowship, the familiar, the focus. And then later on we'll look at the fruit. So we start with faith. What was going on in this church here? Uh, Post-Pentecost, exciting, the early church. Verse 42. They devoted themselves, what, to the first thing? To the apostles' teaching. That's the first thing that we read about this church here. What was important? The teaching, the facts, the gospel, the fact that Jesus rose and died again, paying the penalty that we couldn't pay, the faith. Those apostles taught about the need for repentance, for baptism, for the empowering work of the Holy Spirit. This is where they committed themselves to, to learning more and more about this. They committed to intellectual knowledge, finding out more about the scripture, the nature of God, You could just imagine what was going on in the early church, the Bible studies they would have had, the sermons, the debates, the lessons, the small groups that they would have had. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's the first challenge for us today. How devoted are we to learning more about our faith, to going deeper? How could we learn more? There's so much to help us, isn't there, in terms of Bible study. We can find things online. We could subscribe to sermon podcasts from this church or another church. We can read Christian books. 
One of the key things you can do is to make sure that you're a member of one of our small groups where you can study the Bible together and do life together. Find out how faith works in the real world. If you want to go deeper, we can, you can study theology. The Church in Wales will I'll let you go on one of their Theology for Life courses. There's so much that we can do. There's a, a limit to what we can teach on a, on a Sunday morning here. But there are so many opportunities to learn and to go deeper in our faith if we're really committed. It didn't just say, oh, they listened to a bit of the apostles' teaching and then they went on their way. How did they live their lives? They lived their lives devoted to the teaching of the apostles, devoted to the fundamentals of their faith. I wonder if that describes us. How committed are we? How devoted are we to this? There's always something more to learn, isn't there? Many of you know that I like horse riding. I've been riding horses since I was a teenager. Um, I've done some of the, the study, if you like. I've done the BHS courses in the care of horses. Uh, my daughters have had horses of their own, which I've helped to look after. I've invested money in, in looking after them. But there's still much more to learn. And I find whenever I go riding now, there's still new stuff for me to learn. There's always more. And that's true about our faith. Are we committed? Are we invested into it? Are we determined to learn more? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The first challenge, how seriously do we take our faith? But there's more, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Faith and fellowship. That's an important word, isn't it? It's a Christian word. It means more than more than friendship, it talks about love and community. How much are we part of this here, in this fellowship of St. Michael's Church? Our church here, are you one of the people who attends church or are you a contributor? Do you play your part in this family that we call church? Do you take an active role? We all need to be committed to each other reading in preparation for this that um, somebody wrote in a family you don't say that's my table that's my carpet you're working on you say this is our house and it challenges us as a church what about our family commitments to church life across our ministry area this is our ministry area this isn't my church building this is ours this isn't my church family this is our church family here and this fellowship here, it's got to be more than just church attendance. Do we keep in touch? Do we care for one another? Do we help those in need in our church? Do we get to know them well enough so that we know who is in need? Do we care about this church community here? Are we contributing in our time, in our talents, contributing financially? Church is a community of people. We call our meetings when we gather together here, don't we? Services, church services, which is a clue. We're here to serve, to serve one another. What challenge this morning? What is your role? How can you help? Do ask us if you want to get involved. Sorry if you volunteered for something. We seem to have forgotten you or missed you out, overlooked you. Please forgive us and ask us again and again until we get it right. There are opportunities for you to serve here and contribute to the life of this lovely family that we call St. Michael's. Do the simple things. Talk with one another. 
not now, in the middle of the sermon, but after the service, please go and chat with somebody. Don't just look for people you know. Speak to somebody you haven't met yet before. Sometimes people complain and say, oh, I went to your church and nobody spoke to me. And I always ask, but did you speak to anybody? Did you go and find out how other people are doing? It's the responsibility of all of us to care for one another. It's our church family. Do we care for one another pastorally? How good are we at looking after one another during the week? I have learnt lots through having the pastoral oversight of St. Meyer, the sister church that I've been looking after since uh, 2016 now, a number of years. And as I looked back at my ministry there a number of years, I thought initially that I failed as a vicar there. In those those past seven years, the members there, they've had their fair share of crises. Uh, bereavements, sudden illnesses, uh, hospital admissions. And I have to say that never once as a vicar have I been first on the scene. Every single time I visited somebody in St. Maud, whether it's in the hospital, whether it's in a home after a bereavement, they've always said, oh, thank you for coming, vicar, but X, Y, or Z has already been here on behalf of the church. I've always been beaten to it. And that's how churches should be, looking after one another it's your responsibility not just the vicars we'll do our best but it's your responsibility to look after and to love one another so challenge think when was the last time that you phoned someone in the church to check how they're doing visited helped out offered help how devoted are we to this fellowship these early apostles they were devoted to the faith they were devoted to the fellowship This is what we should be doing as Christians. We should be setting an example of this. This should be the friendliest place in Aberystwyth. But sometimes I see other other organisations are better. I have to confess that sometimes when I go to my table tennis club, more people ask me there about my family and how I am than sometimes ask me when I go to church. We need to set the example. We need to be showing that love one to another. Committed to this fellowship. Is there love for one another here? can be hard that's why small groups are important as we mentioned our life groups earlier you get to know people well and you can care for them faith fellowship number three in our list is a bit surprising maybe because we get onto church traditions so early in the life of the early church we're straight in traditions they devoted themselves to the faith to the fellowship and what's next to the breaking of bread the familiar, something that they did regularly. Often in the early church, this would be in the context of a meal. Following a shared meal in someone's house, they would reenact the Last Supper, symbolically break bread together, as we'll be doing here tonight. Come back at half past six, where our students will be leading us in worship around the Lord's table. And traditions like this are important. Repeating things so they become familiar Second nature. It's been interesting for us as a church leadership, looking at doing things in a new way after COVID, when we had to stop everything all of a sudden and then restart, deciding what we're carrying on with, what we're not doing anymore, and how we might do things differently. It's been good. But we also realised, too, the importance of tradition, of things like the sacraments. Jesus asked us to do what we'll be doing tonight, breaking bread and remembering his death on the cross 
for us breaking bread in his name. That familiar thing, that routine that reminds us. We all need things like that. Routine can be something useful and important in your faith. And it challenges us, what routines do we have that help us in our faith? It might be something simple. Stopping and giving thanks and saying grace before you eat a meal. Always remembering to pray before you lie down to sleep. Starting each day with a Bible reading. The early church here was no different. They had their routines. They had their traditions already. It helped them in their faith journey. The familiar patterns around which they built their life and their faith. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Faith, fellowship, that familiar. What else do we have? Where was their focus? Their focus was on prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. We've already seen, haven't we, the, the, the early church and how much they valued prayer. Prayer individually and prayer collectively. And again, this challenges us as we look at this example from the early church. What part does prayer play in our lives? Is there a way we can deepen and grow our prayer life? There are opportunities to be involved, aren't they, in praying right across the parish? You can see our notice sheet. We've been particularly thinking at the moment on the Thy Kingdom Come, which is a great season for prayer as we pray for our friends to come to know Jesus. We can meet together. It's great to meet together. We need to pray together and we need to pray on our own. However you do it, whatever you do to build in this, this routine, this way of making this part of your life, this is something that the early church we read were devoted to. And we need to be too. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking bread, and to prayer. Four marks of that church. Four things that we need to be equally devoted to as a church here. The four key marks of that early church. So what happens if we do? If we decide we will commit ourselves, we will be devoted as a church to these four things. To our faith, to the fellowship, to the familiar routines of breaking a bread and having that focus on prayer. Well, we get, we get the fruit. Uh, two, two results we see here. Uh, firstly, we see uh, the effect on the church's attitude. Uh, verse 46, they broke bread in their homes. They ate together with sincere and glad hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. Look at their attitude. Glad hearts, praising God, enjoying this sense of joy, excitement, gratitude. The early church were, when we look at it, they were rejoicing people, full of joy, despite the persecution, despite the problems, despite the opposition that they faced in their world. They've got these four things right. And what was the fruit? Glad hearts. They were praising God. Joy in this early fellowship. And the other, of course, is the effect on their numbers. Growth. 
Our last verse. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's a, a fantastic verse, isn't it? To finish off with this morning. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The first thing it, it doesn't say is it doesn't say the Lord added daily to their number those who were attending church, those who came along to their meetings, those that were coming for their, their special events or anything else like that. It says those who are being saved. That's a, an important word, isn't it? It used to be a word that Christians used a lot. I remember as a, as a teenager turning up to a church meeting, we'd gone along one, I was greeted at the door by one of the, the greeters at the door who shook my hand and said, are you saved, brother? And I was only walking in through the door, so it's a bit of a, a sort of shock to the system. We don't do that anymore, do we? Perhaps we should use it more because that's what we're all about in this church, isn't it? Salvation. That's our business as a Christian community here. We are in the business of preaching salvation. The Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Salvation. What does that mean? To be safe, basically. Safe for all eternity. To be rescued from sin and evil. That has that hold over us and from which we can't in ourselves escape. That famous verse, God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Important words. The difference between perishing and eternal life. When we say we're committed to the faith, it's that proclaiming the gospel, the good news of Jesus. That's what we as a church family here regard as the most important. This one message that God loves us, doesn't want us to perish, and we need to repent, to turn to God, and to trust in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. If you want to know more this morning about faith, then come and talk to us or go and chat with somebody in our prayer ministry team. They'll be in the side chapel after the service. They'll be happy to pray with you so you can know this forgiveness and new life for yourself today. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What a great thing it is to be saved. And note as well, it wasn't the works of the apostles that added to the number. Who was adding? God. God was at work in their midst. He was the one answering their prayers that they'd committed themselves to and adding to their number those who were being saved. And I think about St. Michael's here, we are, and in our current life, we're in a very similar position to that early church. We are, roughly speaking, a minority in a hostile world it's not always easy but just like the early church can say we have the Holy Spirit he is with us just as he was with these early Christians God's power hasn't diminished over the years we too can commit to these four things we too can see this the Lord adding to our number daily those who are being saved our consuming passion needs to be for that pursuit of holiness, our devoted discipleship of Jesus, like those early church. And we pray that God will build his church here in St. Michael's. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, 
to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Faith, fellowship, familiar traditions, the focus on prayer. And God will give the growth. As we look to Pentecost and the excitement, I believe that God can and will breathe new life into his church here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this passage of scripture this morning that it tells us all about the early church, how they devoted themselves to you, how they were so committed to proclaiming the good news of the gospel. And we just pray for our church here. We pray that you will help us to serve you with everything that is within us. We pray that you will lead and guide us in our lives, that we may see your fruit at work in our lives, in this church, and in our town. We pray, Lord, that you will add daily to the numbers being saved here. We ask this for your glory, and in the name of Jesus, our Saviour. Amen.